0: hello everybody and welcome back to the fans talk pro wrestling podcast as always i am your host with the holla french toast freddie carlson and as always i am joined by my good friend on the other side of the microphone the heart of the wrestling fan base himself angelo belly say hello to the people angelo hello
1: hello everybody and welcome back to another grand episode of your favorite
0: pro wrestling podcast And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. We apologize for the delay, but as we all know, life does get in the way, and we are back. We hope to be back regularly. We hope to be back consistently. We will do our best. But tonight, we are back for another edition of our podcast, and as Angelo said, it's always exciting and it's always fun, and we're here to have a good conversation about some wrestling. And Angelo, I think you can agree with me when I say we have some pretty fun stuff, well, mostly fun stuff to talk about tonight. One thing in particular that I am not fond of, but overall it's going to be fun. Oh, for sure. It's always going to be a fun episode. So the first thing we're going to talk about tonight, and this is the spoiler alert, spoiler alert to anyone who has not watched the AEW Dynamite St. Patrick's Slam edition that aired on St. Patrick's Day last uh, uh, Wednesday, March the 17th. So if you have yet to see it and you want to wait and see the results... Please uh, forego listening to this next little bit here. We're going to talk about the fantastic main event, the unsanctioned dark match, or, well, actually it wasn't a dark match, the unsanctioned no-holds-barred match between Dr. Britt Baker DMD with Rebel and Thunder Rosa. And man, oh man, these two ladies went out there and they put on a show and a half. And when I say a show and a half, I mean a show and a half. Angelo, what was your first thought when you saw even just like clips on Instagram? Because I know you didn't catch it live. So the first thing you saw was just clips on Instagram. And and what was your immediate thought just seeing what these two women did to each other last night? So...
1: I mean, I I have like no words of that. I mean, before before we even started recording, we, you and I were talking about it for a little bit, but oh my god, the fact that they went to the extent that they did for that match and the fact that Britt Baker was bleeding and she still continued and was still like trying to fight, she in my eyes she should be she should be AEW like women champion by oh. now.
0: Oh, I'm going to get to that. I am going to get to that. So, we, uh, yeah, we'll yeah, we talk about the highlights of the match, and then I'm going to get into my opinions on it. The highlights featuring in the match was the massive superplex from the top rope onto the pile of steel chairs. The vicious drop kick of the ladder into the face of Britt Baker, which busted her wide open. The very brutally looking Death Valley driver from the second rope onto Britt Baker, whose shoulder just kind of very awkwardly collided with the ladder that was bridged against the ropes. There was the insane thumbtack spot where, where Britt Baker got powerbombed right under the thumbtacks and then covered while still lying in the thumbtacks to kick out a 2 And then she was lying in the thumbtacks while trying to lock in. The lockjaw only for Thunder Rosa to roll her back. And the only way to escape was to roll her back through the tacks. Both women are bleeding and in searing pain. And then the ending spot. That, that, That ending spot, man, it just looked so cool. The fire thunder driver from the second rope pulling Britt Baker off and landing through the table on the floor and the win for Thunder Rosa, my goodness gracious, it was a match that no one who watched will ever soon forget. You know, I'm not a big fan of agreeing with a guy like Dave Meltzer. His ranking system is his own personal opinion, and I just typically don't always wholeheartedly agree with him on anything. But be that as it may, he made a comment on the Wrestling Observer Newsletter this morning that I do agree with. This match, this women's match is arguably one of the greatest, if not the greatest, of all time. It's a discussion that anyone can have, and it is very subjective. But I do agree with him on that front. Immediately after watching the match, I was texting some of the guys in our group chat that many of you fans will know about. We reference it very often. Shout out to the club. Throw up the two suite. Um, we were talking, and I just immediately said that that match just blew away almost anything that I could have imagined. I mean, I knew it was going to be good because Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker are probably two of the most talented wrestlers in the world, and when they started teasing their feud months ago, I was excited for it, but when they, I mean, I didn't think the payoff was going to be anything like this, especially just on Dynamite and not even on a pay-per-view. These ladies went out there, they killed it, they absolutely stole the show, and I mean, personally for me, and this just so happens to fall in line with Dave Meltzer and his opinion on this one, this match immediately has flown right into the top three of my favorite women's matches of all time, right up there alongside Sasha Banks and Bayley from NXT TakeOver Brooklyn One and Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch from WWE Evolution in the last woman standing match in 2018. So AEW putting this match on the way that they did, promoting it the way that they did, and letting it go out the way that it did was absolutely perfect in every single respect. They let those ladies go out there and do whatever they wanted, and they proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that no matter who is in that ring, whether you're male or female, that ring belongs to the wrestlers, and it is a place where anyone can succeed and that anyone can be the main event. And that's what last night proved. And Angelo, I think we can agree when we say that this was the perfect time for them to do it. And, or, I mean, can, no, right? It's the perfect time.
1: Oh no, I hundred and ten percent agree with that. You know, they they definitely deserve that spotlight. And I mean, mean before, like I said, when me and you were talking about it before we started recording, you brought up a good point saying that if it was on a pay per view, they wouldn't have gotten that main event spot. And I agree with you on that because you know, the world championship or something like the tag team championship would go on last, but to me, if this was a pay-per-view, this match should have gone on last because mm-hmm. j- just because of the stipulation, you know, Baker and Rosa, they both have a lot of talent. So for me, if if you're going to book it, that should be a main event for a pay-per-view.
0: Oh, I agree. And, and the only reason why I think that that wouldn't have gone on last is because on pay-per-view – I just feel like nobody would have thought that that would have been the match to steal the show. Nothing right. against those ladies, but it's just in most wrestling promotions, championship matches will go on last unless you WWE, in which case you're back, you're, you're booking his ass backwards. But, um, you know, it's just that they wouldn't have had that opportunity and people would not have viewed it in the same vein. It wasn't as important It probably wouldn't have been as important. I'm not saying it wouldn't have been good. I know it would have been. Those two ladies probably would have gone out there and done even more to try and steal the show. But the fact that they dedicated this episode of Dynamite, they said from the outset that this special edition of Dynamite, the St. Patrick's Day Slam edition, was going to be... success because of this match they built it around it they did everything like that i feel like overall they could not have done a better job at promoting it building it and letting it go off as we said before it was the perfect it was the perfect opportunity it was the perfect time it was well paced well done and those ladies went out there and they proved that the women's division of all elite wrestling is not this the lacking part of the company that everyone used to view it as you know Angelo we were talking about things that we were you know preparing for the episode before we started recording you said we had said that this time a year ago maybe not even a little bit you know sooner uh, more recent even AEW's women's division was considered to be their one weak point they just did not have a good women's division not because there was no talent there but because the time dedicated to it on TV was just lacking it was like really? it was the equivalent of WWE's tag team division while WWE doesn't care about the tag team division they don't get a lot of time in and of itself. And those are two separate issues that we've talked about in detail. But AEW wasn't really giving that much of a time slot. They would have a title match here, a title match there, but it just felt lacking. And then all of a sudden, somewhere at the end of last summer... Things just went from 0 to 100 real quick. They started working with the NWA and people like Allison Kay and Serena Deeb and most importantly Thunder Rosa came over and started working for AEW and all of a sudden now the women's division's getting 20 something minute matches on Dynamite. They're getting featured storylines away from the women's title. This was a main event women's feud and it didn't even include the AEW Women's World Championship. Hikaru Shida was watching the match last night. You saw on Dynamite she was in the locker room watching because either one of these women could and both should be future number 1 contenders and future AEW Women's World Champions. And in my opinion to go back to what you said before Angelo she, Britt Baker should be the next one. Britt Baker should be next. Britt Baker should be the god uh, the, the, the one to take the title off of Shida in my opinion. she has oh, been champion nearly a year, but it's time. And Britt Baker last night was the MVP. She bled profusely. Her whole face was covered in a crimson mask, as Jr. would say. I mean, Angelo, uh, y- what do you got to say about Britt Baker and her performance? I mean, both to both women, we're going to talk about Thunder Rosa in a minute, but Baker took a freaking licking out there last night. You know, every big spot seemingly was her landing on something hard or 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 pointy or or, or not very good for falling on. So, what what is your thoughts on Baker's performance?
1: Oh, B- Baker's performance—that was. Like I said before, it was a hell of a performance. And honestly, like, I've always respected Baker as a wrestler. I wasn't her biggest fan until recently, honestly. And now this, she's she has to be possibly my favorite AEW women superstar, especially after last night. The way that, you know, she, like I said, she kept trying to go and, you know, go hard, you know, throughout the match, even though she was bleeding you know, from her head. And even, like, after a thumbtack spot on her back, she was basically just a big pile of blood. Yeah. And she still went, and she still tried to get the win. And even though she didn't win, she came so freaking close. And, like you said, you know, she was really that MVP last night. Yeah. Even though Thunder Rosa won, in my eyes, that, that doesn't matter. They they both put oh, on a hell of the match.
0: We've hell talked match. about it before where sometimes losing a match does not hurt you at all. In fact, it can do more good than winning. Because when you have a match that makes both competitors look as good as last night's main event did, there is absolutely no way possible to look bad in any respect. Yeah, Britt Baker took the loss in the, te- in the technical sense of her shoulders were pinned to the floor for a three count. But people are heralding both women's performances, and I've seen a lot of love shown to Britt Baker for her dedication in that match. Nothing away from Thunder Rosa. I I love Thunder Rosa, and she's a former NWA Women's World Champion, and again, I do believe she should be the AEW Women's World Champion, and I have some fantasy booking that I'm going to get to in a minute. You know me, I love to fantasy book wrestling storylines. That's my specialty. We're going to get to that in a sec. But... I just think that with the way that the fan reaction and the fan support for Britt Baker has come about, including for myself and for many people that I know, in the last 24 hours since the match took place at the time of recording, there's no doubt in my mind she should be next in line for the AEW Women's World Championship in terms of getting an opportunity and then also winning the title from Sheeta and being the woman to run the division for the next, I gotta say, at least six, eight months. You know, oh, yeah. have her get the match a double or nothing in May. She needs that opportunity. Let her run the run roughshod through the summer. Let her beat Sheeta. Got people like Big Swole, women like that. Run right through them. Be the face of the division. The arrogant heel that she is. She's so good at it. She's good at the on the mic. She's good at being a heel. She's good at what she does in the ring. There's no there's no holes in her game. She's per, not perfect, but she's pretty damn close. As close as I can think anyone can get in there with her with her overall performance being as solid and successful as it is and so she should win the title at double or nothing in my opinion and either at all out in September or even if you want to wait even longer at full gear in November it in my opinion then you run it back AEW Women's World Championship Dr. Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa for the title on the line in the main event Of one of the big four pay-per-views that AEW puts on every year. That's my fantasy booking, because you can have this slow build, and this could be that defining rivalry of the AEW women's division. Every company has a defining rivalry for each of their divisions. For their world title division, their tag title division, the women's title, it's always got their defining rivalry. If you think about WWE, in recent years, the defining rivalry has probably been, oh, the Universal title was Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. The WWE title, well, you could probably say... It was Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. The women's titles, you got Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. And, you know, so when you come to... Or how about the New Day and the Usos and the SmackDown Tag Team Championships for God knows how many years it was. So, AEW's... And in AEW, they've had the same thing. I mean, the defining rivalry is still currently going on for the AEW world title. You've got... John Moxley and Kenny Omega, who have really been beating the high holy hell out of each other for the last few months, and we're going to get to that a little later in this episode. Um, but the, the women's division has lacked. As we said, it's been the one place where there has not been that. Even the TNT Championship has its defining rivalry. Cody Rhodes and the late, great Mr. Brody Lee, they were the ones who made that title over the summer last year. So all in all and overall, I do believe that that's got to be the way you do it you draw it out you make us wait there's a lot that both Britt Baker and, and Thunder Rosa can do apart from each other, I think, in enhancing the women's division and making it a success. Who knows? Thunder Rosa may not necessarily be exclusive to AEW. She came over because she worked with NWA, and hopefully the NWA starts running shows again. I know that Nick Aldis, the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, posted that they're going to be doing another show in a couple of weeks, and you got to figure that you might start to see some of the NWA talent not just work solely for AEW. Um, so then, yeah, it's, it's, that's the defining rivalry for me and that's gotta be the way that it is. And so to go back to my overall point, I know I'm rambling a little bit here, but this is my fantasy booking slash just kind of giving myself, uh, explaining this match has really just been so, it's been on my mind for the last 24 hours. Um, yeah, Britt Baker's performance was was next level. She stepped up to a main event level competitor right then and there. We all knew that she was capable of it. A lot of people were behind her for many, many months and probably since day one in AEW. But now is the time that proved it, and she's she's got to be next. She's got to be next. So that was my little uh, spiel there. Angelo, you got anything else you want to add? So,
1: I mean, you, you already basically fantasy booked it, but I have a really quick question for you about this. What's up? Do you think that now every feud needs a blow off match? Do you think that this is the last time for a while that we're gonna see Thunder Rosa and Burt Baker? Or do you think this is gonna this was the spark to you know to light up the actual feud?
0: You know, I, I think that every great feud needs its breathing room. If you think about it, Rock and Austin had their trilogy of WrestleMania matches every other year from 99 to 03. Right. But they did... And yeah, they feuded on and off throughout the years, but it was never a consistent rivalry. It was up and down, and then Austin would feud with Rock, and then he, they would go their separate ways. And then they, all of a sudden their paths cross, and then they go their separate ways. And I'm using that as the example because that's one of the definitions of one of the greatest wrestling rivalries of all time. People always consider it to be that way. But... It, I... <laughs> I wouldn't be upset if they did it again. It's just that I feel like when you have a feud that's that intense and this is clearly the one that you can make be the star divi- uh the star making rivalry that will lead this women's division for years to come it can't be like every time that there's a big match it's those two women you no. know keep them apart for a bit the the the, the history will always be there. It's kind of like, if you think about it, anytime Rock and Austin locked horns after those first few interactions, that first WrestleMania, think about the 2001 Royal Rumble match. They hadn't necessarily been in the ring one-on-one against each other for many, many months, but they stood across the ring from each other at the very end of that Rumble. They locked eyes. The fans went nuts. They walked towards each other, and then they just started beating the crap out of one another. So if you do that with Thunder Rosa and, and Britt Baker you can draw this out many more months a lot more time and I think that's the way to do it I'm telling you the blow-off match to this feud for the title doesn't have to happen till September at all out or then in November at full gear you know it's it cannot be a double or nothing I think double or nothing should stay either one of them winning the end NW, of the NWA the AEW women's world title from Hikaru Shida I', I Shera's reign has been up and down. I think it's time for it to come to a close and have a new champion. The only reason why I'm going with Britt Baker is two reasons. Number one, my personal bias. I wanted Baker to win that title. I wanted her to be the first ever champion. You know, and she lost to Riho in those title matches. Okay, it's fine. But I think now is the time to pull the trigger. Thunder Rosa has a character and a gimmick that will get over anywhere she goes and she'll stay popular. Britt Baker is the top heel right now. And from all intents and purposes, Sheeta's a babyface. So to have Thunder Rosa take the title from her kind of doesn't do any good because Thunder Rosa is a, a, a pure babyface. So Baker wins the title. Let her be a dominant heel. She'll run through Sheeta. Maybe have a rematch after it, and then you know nothing happens there at one of their summer shows. They do a bash at the, not bash at the beach. Uh, fight for the Fallen, and all those and the summer shows that they the specials that they do. One of them have her. Beat Sheeta in a rematch, maybe face someone like Big Swole. Hopefully Chris Statlander comes back sometime soon and she can get a shot, but not win it just yet. There could be so much development, and then you build the division around someone like her. There's, um, what's her name? The the, the Japanese superstar who was at the finals of the AEW Women's World Title Eliminator. I can't remember her name. She faced Nyla Rose. Um... She is fantastic, and she can be in line. And again, Britt Baker can walk through her. And I say walk through in the sense of beat her and move on to the next feud. And then all of a sudden, you get towards the end of the summer, and you're looking at all out. And what's the end? The AEW uh, AEW Women's World Title match going to be? It's going to be Thunder Rosa, who all of a sudden can come out and as the babyface interrupt, you know, a heel. The, Britt Baker cutting a promo. I'm, I'm I'm literally booking it down to the smallest detail because then all of a sudden, boom. You reignite the history from six months prior, and this match writes itself. The title being on the line is the icing on the cake to a feud that you know will already go to levels never seen before. And you don't need the no disqualification stipulation. Those two women can have a great match in a standard straight-up wrestling match. But you add that stipulation last night, and that put it over the top for the time that it needed to be. Now, as you build towards a future encounter between those two women and a championship match that I think those two should have, the next time they face each other has to be for that title. I'm sorry, it shouldn't be before that, in my opinion. It's it's that slow build like every great wrestling rivalry of the past. Rock and Austin being my example. So, to answer your question, Angelo, that's what I have to say. <laughs> Whew. So... I enjoyed the match. I enjoyed the match. And it was funny. I shared a whole bunch of stuff to my Instagram story this morning about the match. And uh, one of my friends, Keandra, I don't know if you ever listened to this Keandra, but shout out to you. If you do, she actually commented on the post. She DM'd me and she said, that was one of the most crazy things I've ever seen for lack of a better phrase. And she goes, you couldn't pay me enough to do that. And I'm like, and she's not a wrestling fan. She is not a wrestling fan at all. So To have someone who's not a wrestling fan who saw that and genuinely felt moved enough to say something to me was like, you see how impactful that match was to the people who even saw a clip of it or a post about it on social media. And all the praise that these women have gotten and will be continuing to get for many weeks and months and probably years to come is well-deserved. It is indeed up there with the Trish and Lita and the Sasha and Bailey and the Becky and Charlottes of this world. So, that's the amazing main event from Dynamite last night. Anything else you wanted to add, Angelo?
1: I don't think so. I think, uh, I think we spoke you know, pretty highly of it. I think you did the best job at uh, explaining it. <laughs> well, thank you. No problem, no problem.
0: Uh, so yeah, uh, now we just kind of wanted to cover some more uh, generic AEW news, and we would be remiss if we're talking about AEW and we didn't mention the catastrophe that took place at the end of AEW Revolution back in uh, beginning of March. Of course, everyone probably knows that the main event was the exploding barbed wire death match between John Moxley and Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship and it was let's just say interesting again deathmatch where both guys just took a living beating to within an inch of their lives and the ending was <laughs> all right angelo you go first what would you, what did you think of the ending let's just be honest
1: well if you're going to have an ex- a name such as the exploding barbed wire deathmatch. I thought maybe we were going to see the whole thing explode. Maybe, you know, the camera cutting from Omega running so the like off the ramp and Moxley left in the ring and just the ring exploding and everything. But <sighs> I hate to say it like this, but even Gilbert got more pyro than the fucking match. Yeah, it was, it was I nothing. just... I. <laughs> it was nothing. And the fact that Kingston ran down to the ring and...
0: I mean, God bless him for trying. God bless I, him for exactly. trying.
1: I, I feel like, you know, the fact that he did that and he was doing his job and he was trying to sell the shit out of it, it just wasn't enough to to make the match or the stipulation memorable for AEW. Shout out to
0: Kingston, but man, what a a terrible ending. Listen, I'm not (laughs) trying to say that the match was bad. In fact, I thought the overall match, I did not watch it in its entirety, but I caught some highlights of the rest of the match. I'm not saying it was bad, because it wasn't. It was a very well... The match
1: itself was very good, but the ending was very...
0: Just yeah, the the ending the... When you're talking a match like that, you have to have a big ending in store and maybe they're playing it into a storyline, they're still having Mox and Omega feud, and now the Young Bucks and the and the Good Brothers are getting involved and Eddie Kingston's involved and I don't know where they're going with this. I mean I gotta assume that it's gonna be um the Good Brothers versus the Young Bucks for the tag team titles, probably a double or nothing. Are they going to really run back Mox and Omega for a third time? I mean, can you really draw that feud out another month and a half? With with Double or Nothing being... Oh, actually, no. Two months from now, around Memorial Day? I don't know. Are they going to have that match happen on Dynamite if they do it again? I don't know. I just feel like unless there's a big payoff that's going to still come, it was a lackluster way to end it. You know... I, it was tough. It was just really, really tough. Like, don't get me wrong. I appreciate the fact that they tried to present a new and, and unique stipulation to American audiences who may not have ever seen it before. I'll be honest. I had never seen a Exploding Barbed Wire death match before. So, yeah. It's a good on them for trying, but... I mean, I, you're not going to blow anybody up, and you're indoors, and you're limited, but... You just shot off fireworks... You didn't even make it look kind of real. Like, I hate to be that guy. I really, really do. But, you know, it's just an unfortunate circumstance. It was not great. People were not pleased. And, you know, AEW prides itself on being the people's company. So, you know, why not do something a little bit more spectacular? Or find a way to try and do something where somebody... Looks like they got blown up. I I don't know. Um, There's not much more to say about it other than it was just not good. I personally was not a fan, and I really hope that they find a way to pick up the pieces from this in a positive and healthy way and not just try and kind of do what WWE does and sweep it under the rug and forget. But yeah, so that's... that's, uh, Boy, that was the (laughs) main event. But the rest of the show... AEW Revolution was pretty damn good. Uh, I liked the surprise debut of Christian Cage to AEW. I mean, geez, Christian Cage is in All Elite Wrestling, and it looks like he'll somewhere down the line get a match against the AEW World Champion Kenny Omega. So, yeah, I'm kind of excited. Christian Cage is back, and... It's gonna be good. I think it's gonna be real good. Uh, any thoughts on Christian Cage coming back?
1: Well, I mean, I was in I was in huge shock when he uh, when he came out. Um, yeah, I was I was in huge shock because I legit thought that he was gonna resign. I heard rumors that he was gonna sign a contract with WWE, and him and Edge were gonna have like some sort of reunion and everything but apparently after the rumble he called up uh I forgot I think he called up Tony Khan and said hey I want to come wrestle for AEW and they made the date and he came out and didn't even speak uh signed the contract in front of everybody and yeah it was it was just a total shock, and I'm actually happy to see him because, honestly, he's probably in the best shape of his life. He's probably in the best shape that he's ever been in.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think that Christian's return to in-ring competition in general is just big. It's nice to see. I mean, even oh, his yeah. his return at the Rumble was nice, and I think AEW is a good place for a guy like him. I mean, I don't want him to start you know snagging every former WWE guy, and that's a debate to be had for another day, but I mean, do you think it's a good place for him, Angelo? I mean, if if he gets something out of it,
1: and if we get something good out of him being there, then yeah, I'm all for it. Um, you know, I'm I'm excited to see where they go with everything, but the one the one thing, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like if you're gonna put him in the world championship match do it later on down the line. Don't have him just, like, get a match like that, you know? That's been done quite a few times, and that's something that I never really liked yeah. because of, you know, because of what his name is and who he is, you know, doesn't mean that he deserves to have a championship opportunity or even win the championship right away. You know, do, do like, a small, like, slow burning feud, whatever. Have him... Have him get in, you know, have him, you know, test the waters with him as a main event guy. Yeah. I, I definitely think that he could hold the championship, but it's just a matter of time of, you know, who who is he going to take the title off of.
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I, and I agree, too. I think that it's got to be done very carefully. And so long as they don't mess it up and, and do too much with it, they'll be okay. So don't, don't pull
1: a sting in TNA. That's that's all that.
0: Yeah, basically, that's all I want to say. <laughs> yeah, basically, that's my that's my big concern. Um, yeah. So that covers that, and I just think that right now AEW has got a lot of good going for them. All right, any, anything else you want to add in, Angelo? I think we've covered everything we wanted to.
1: Yeah,
0: I think that's pretty much it (laughs) all righty well then that will do it for another edition of the fans talk pro wrestling podcast i was Freddie carlson he was angelo belly and we'd like to thank you for tuning in as always remember to like share and subscribe and always remember to never be afraid to be a fan so long everyone